sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I am Dane Martinez. I got my man Kevin Walsh with me every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. We talked about week one. We broke it down into a fine powder, and I dropped some of it in my coffee to bring you the heat here on the early line. But, Kev, we got games in the NBA tonight, and the best two words in sports apply tonight. Game seven out west. And if you weren't paying attention you maybe have assumed that the Clippers have closed out the Nuggets already but after a big comeback in game five after a big comeback in game six the Denver Nuggets hang around and Kev Maybe they're going to have to do it again tonight because the books don't give them much of a chance. The Clippers start tonight on the early line, minus 7.5, 207.5 is the total in this one. What are you going to be looking for early on? Dane, 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 I need help. Here we are again. This is now yeah. going to be our fourth game seven. Yeah. Okay. Please tell me one of these are going to go over. Come on, is this really no? All gonna go I've been telling you the entire damn time as the playoffs move along and as a series move along, sphincters yeah. get tighter, period. And that leads to struggling to get to triple digits, that leads to more half court sets, that leads to less all star kind of play up and down, and less point totals in the 130s and 140s for teams. I do believe it is natural, I do believe it is common i do believe it yeah. should be expected the question is do you play it or not i understand the past kev but i right i, I can't go to the over bro i just can't no listen and neither can i i tried it once i got real cute and really i know you did jazz game. <laughs> i tried to caution and you against it <laughs> right and listen we got we got off of it after that we actually ended up getting a second half under i remember with the rockets game um, and then the Raptors Celtic, I mean, the, the number was like two Oh one and a half. I was like, that's just, I'm right. not gonna, I'm not even going to bother, but that game still <laughs> went under the number. Anyway, here we are two Oh seven and a half. I will tell you this as it pertains to the total before we even get into the side though, I think yeah. that the Nuggets team total of a hundred and a half is going to be hard to ignore when this is a team that in this series has gone under that number. A couple of times. And I would say more importantly, when they played a game seven and scored 80 points, maybe that's too simple for me to pull that correlation. But this team's played in a game seven. They've won a game seven. Sure. So I think that they'll kind of be willing to get into that kind of style. So I don't love playing under 107 and a half because I do still think that the Clippers have a world where their offense could pop or 207 and a half rather just because. The Clippers have the kind of offense that has the ability to explode, but I would be pretty surprised if the Nuggets came away with triple digits in this game. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, let me ask you this, Kev, because you do in-game live all the time, right? That's why you're the mm -hmm. candle burner, brother, man. Um, the last two games, the last mm -hmm. two games, Denver has mounted incredible comebacks, right? Yes. 
what could you have gotten in the live game market at that point in time? You know, when they're down 15 and making this run, like talk to me about how it moves, because I may say that the best way to bet this game is live instead of anything we're talking about right now. You know, it's actually funny, um, but the last two games, I was not on for either one of them uh, while okay. they were happening. <laughs> so I, I, I missed where those numbers But you have that at, experience but... all the time. You see more than anybody else how these moves, how they respond. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, you would be plugged into, you know, kind of the trends, how they do it, when might they overreach to respond to a run, that sort of thing. Because to me, you know, Denver ain't dead even if they're down by 13. No, listen, and, and they've given the you know the Clippers a lot of respect. They would have been laying double digits in those spots without hesitation. Uh, they kind of might have been pretty. The numbers very well could have been the Clippers lead and then the hook either direction, either down or up a half point. The question I have for you is: We kind of figure out a side in this game. Do yeah. you think that that still holds true here tonight? Because that's my that's what I'm trying to figure out a little bit here. Yeah. If the Clippers are up ten. In a game seven, can the Nuggets still kind of find that comeback, or will points be so hard to come by that? And, and like the idea that the Clippers would blow three double-digit leads again. Now they might not never ha- they might never have a double-digit lead in the game, right? But the right. idea that it could they be would close blow throughout. three in a row would be. Yeah. I hear you, but listen to what you're saying, right? And we, I feel like that's the the statement that's the cardinal sin in sports investment investing right oh they couldn't do that three times in a row and everything you're saying right now i could have told you about game six there was every reason for them to pack it up and go home in an elimination game right but they didn't kev you know what i mean and so that's where what gives me and and this team came back from 3-1 murray and Jokic have the experience of multiple game sevens last year as well you know so i i would get i would be a little bit cautious about that um i believe in the heart of this nuggets team i do want to ask you about one specific prop bet that i found still in this game because you're the prop bet king bro you're the prop bet king (laughs) And this is my man. You know, this is my man. I'm looking at chicken fingers here, Kev. Lou Williams' total for points is 12 and a half. He can get that in a quarter, Kev. He can get that, like, in one time on the court when they're resting Kawhi. 12 and a half? Tell me I'm not crazy. Minus 106 to the over. Can I hit submit, Kev? You are far from crazy. The issue is for both him and Montrezl Harrell, defensively being targeted. That is a concern, especially Montrezl Harrell, who was a minus 19 in the last game and only logged 15 minutes. Lou, Will Lou Williams only needs like seven minutes to do this, though, Kev. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Low number, I get it. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, when we come back, we talk. This is game seven. We got a game one, and boy, am I excited for this series. You know why, Kev. We'll come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh trying to put the fun and functional sports content. I hope you enjoy waking up with us. Kev, let's talk about this, though. Game seven here, right? And I'm reminded, Kev, 
Remember when the Nuggets won game seven against Utah? And then in the post-game interview with Jamal Murray, right? They were like, yeah, you got game one tomorrow. He was like, wait, what? We, we play again? You know, right? And, and it makes me think that whoever comes out of this tonight, right, they're going to see the Lakers in the conference finals. Game one of the conference finals is Friday, Kev. And so mm. whoever wins here is going to have to go through the gauntlet of this series. And the Lakers at game one will have not have played for, what, six days? Um, how yeah. do you feel about that, Kev? You know, it's interesting, though, because the Lakers' apparently strategy of handing over game one and then rattling off four in a row might be a little bit They're like bit gentlemen. Tested. They're a gentleman. They're gentlemen. But, you know, and I saw people saying, like, is it still a gentleman's sweep if you hand the team the, the first game and then embarrass them for the next four? Like, I am slightly upset that we didn't really have a full opportunity to talk about the way the Lakers made the Rockets tap out in just an absolutely unimaginable way. But it is what it is. They closed up the series. I, I think it's. I think it is though. Regardless of who gets through, right? Right. Le whether whether it is the Nuggets or whether it is the Clippers, how much people kind of lean on that? You have two days off though, as opposed to the last time Jamal Murray having a day of rest. <laughs> that is fair, uh, and they have to, as you know, you know, kind of stagger the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. After today, Kev, we're going to be at like only one game a night in the NBA, yeah. right? So oh. all that that cornucopia, so the glow is fading a little bit from you, but I'm sure you'll be all right. And boy, I think it's a treat to have the Eastern Conference Finals be before we two go to teams. the East. Oh, go ahead. I, wanna, Sorry. Sorry. I just want to. I, I just want to make. I have a question and a point. First, the point. Go ahead, go ahead. Kawhi Leonard's point prop is 31 and a half. He's got over that mm. only once in this series. But mm. I bring you back last year, conference semifinals, game yeah. seven. In the corner. Goes and scores <laughs> 41 points and does it on a terrible 16 of 39 shooting. I fully expect Kawhi to say, give me the ball. You bums yeah. are not going to cost me. And now what you can disagree, more options over in LA. I expect Kawhi to take the shots. And that is what we talk about in the props market there. I want the shots. I want the attempts. And I fully expect Kawhi from the word go and also the minutes, right? I think that he's going to be putting in a, at least a 40 minute shift in that game. The question I have for you, and it's the last point on this game, Dane, is sure. do you subscribe at all to the idea that the Denver Nuggets enter a Game 7 season on the line playing with house money? Because we've talked about this countless times in this series. They could have tapped out. Nobody would have blinked an eye. And they keep refusing to do so. Yeah. Do you subscribe to that at all? Because usually, if that is the mentality for a team, you then play a lot freer. I've seen that as as a better when I kind of feel like, ah, listen, I'm up for the day. I can do this. And the next day, oh, I hit it right, again. Right, right. again. But then when I'm down, I'm like, ah, oh, I got to make the right bet. And then I just make the world. Yeah, things get tight. So do you subscribe to that theory at all as they enter this game seven? Um, no. 
And the reason is because they were standing in this exact same situation last year, right? They got to game seven of a conference semifinals last year, right? And then they've made some additions. The nucleus has more experience. We like Michael Porter Jr., right? So I think we always talk about there's levels to this. And for them to consider it to be a success, when we say trust the process and stuff, right, I, I think they should have to rise up. And, 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 and get through the glass ceiling for them to consider it a success. What I will say, though, is what could be successful for them is I think I believe the Denver Nuggets have been under-respected over the course of the last few years, right? So do I think they believe they're playing with house money? No. But what I do think is kind of the moral victory of it all is even if they go down in seven to the title favorites or who has been the title favorites, I think they deserve to be recognized as the third best team in the West. They have been that the last two years in a row, right? Outside of the two teams that played for the Western Conference Championship, there they were. And I don't believe they get perceived in that way, Kev, right? People want to still like the Rockets. People want to still find young, hot, ascending teams. But the yeah. Nuggets deserve to be considered among, you know, the best, what, five teams in the NBA, and I don't think they get that recognition, right? So moral victory, no, but they have once again proven what I believe their perception should be. Does that make sense? No, it does. And, you know, you've been giving Denver a lot of credit when most wouldn't. And even getting to this spot, I think they I think people need to get up on the gravy train and getting here to game seven of the conference finals again makes yeah. should make people more stand up and take notice. This, though, is the threshold for them. This is. They win this game, you will never hear it again. Oh, can this team win the big game? Is this team really a You won't. The Clippers were title favorites entering the series. You will not hear it again if they get through this game. If they fall short, it does not mean this is a disaster season. It does not mean that right. they have disappointed in the large scale, though they would be disappointed in the performance. But this is an opportunity for them to jump tiers. What an exciting Game 7. Yeah, I, I, I see it similar to you, right? Yes, this is an, ex a, a, an opportunity for them to jump tiers. All I'm saying is I believe they should be already considered at the fringe of this tier based on what they've already done over the last couple of years. And what I will also say as we kind of close this out is I agree with you on the Kawhi point, right? Generally speaking, I think the stars know in Game 7 they got to take their team to the promised land. And we saw in the Utah Denver series, right? The Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray going back and forth at it. I think we may see something similar to that uh, tonight. Uh, ultimately, where are you going to go though, Kev? On the side, it is seven and a half. Right. So we've talked about how it might get tight. We've talked about, you know, some of the key players and what you think perceptions are of these teams and all, but you know, make a call, Kev, which way are you leaning in this game? <laughs> Um, I've told you this many of times. I refuse to bet the Nuggets. When I bet the Nuggets, they no-show. So I, I can't do it. People can be upset about that. Oh, you got to make a play. No, I don't. Uh, I will hmm. be taking a look in the props market, especially in a game number seven. It means more misses, though there are less misses, but it sh should still mean more misses. So rebounds props are usually kinder to us 
in-game number seven. I do think that Kawhi can get over his number, and I still might play this Denver team total under triple digits, 100 and a half. Ked, I, I would Ked, would you, you be surprised play. if that team scored 80? No, no, yeah. not at all. 92-86 sounds very viable oh. to me, oh. Kevin. It really oh. does. It really, oh. really does. But I'm telling you, I think Lou Williams will get more than 12 and a half of those points. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Kevin, I know we got to take a break and stuff, but let's talk about this. Like, we're now at Miami and Boston. Here's the question I'm going to ask you to just frame this. Mm-hmm. Are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference left standing, Kev? I think Milwaukee would have beat Boston. So I don't really? know. Uh, we've had this conversation. We've, we've had, this conversation. had this conversation. I just, so I, I don't know how to, I think, but I don't know if that means Miami's the best team in the East. Toronto ultimately, more even so than Milwaukee, I came away with kind of like, wow, I cannot believe to the degree that which they're, and they still went to a game seven. Yeah. I'm not sure on the answer. I will tell you this, though, as we get set up to, I think the wrong team is the favorite. Yeah, okay. That's a very interesting piece because, listen, while we were in the last round, and you know I've been watching these conference numbers, right? Miami was as much as like minus 140 to win the conference. Now the Boston Celtics are the favorite in this series and thus the favorites to go to the NBA Finals. I think you're right. That is very interesting. We put that in our crosshairs when we come back. Game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, both of these teams with the dynamic offenses, right, Kev? Both of these teams with the ability to play good team defense. Both of these teams with young head coaches that you trust both of these teams with dogs in their backcourt that we know about i am excited for this one we'll frame it we'll look at totals sides props all that when we come back on the early line sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to Sports Grid, including our radio audience around the country. I got to tell you, Kevin, Dr. Chow is on point. We had him on on Sunday morning, and he said things like, listen, Mike Evans is going to be out there, but he's going to be a decoy to occupy Lattimore. And I really think that's what played out, you know, had great insights on some of these soft tissue injuries that we're seeing earlier on in the season as well. Definitely check out Dr. Chow. But as we get back into this Eastern Conference Finals, Kev, I... I got to ask you, you are my basketball go-to expert. And all playoffs long, I've been sort of seeing the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics as almost analogous teams, right? Like their team defense is there. I like kind of the way they play offense with the three. They have, whether it's a a Jason Tatum or a Jimmy Butler, right? Whether it's a Eric Spolstra or a Brad Stevens, I think they try to do some of the same things. I I think they have interesting, versatile big men in like Thies and Bam. And so it's very, I'm excited to see what this matchup actually looks like, right? Uh, When one of them was playing the Bucks. I was like, this is how it will match up against the Toronto Raptors. I was like, ah, the offensive is more dynamic, right? But now these guys are facing each other. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. And Kev, the books are hearing you 
as we went hmm. to break, you just said, you know, I talked about the Celtics being favorite, and you said, I think the wrong team is favored. Now, I think you meant that in the series price, but literally <laughs> in game one over the commercial break, <laughs> the line moved half a point in the exact direction you said. You said you didn't know if Boston should be favorites. They were laying two when we went to break. Now they're only laying one and a half. Someone's listening to the early line and was like, that guy, Kevin Walsh, knows what he's doing. Let me plop down five dimes in the commercial break. What say you about this? People are responding to you, Kev. Why are you moving the numbers so much? At least tell me when you're going to do that so I can get in before it moves. Yeah, no, look, my bad. Uh, who who could have seen this coming? Uh, look, man, the Heat have been so impressive. I mean, they've played nine games so far. Like, they are one off of playing the absolute minimum number of games right. that you could play right. to get to the conference finals. And here's the thing I will say to you. I think that you and I came away unimpressed with Toronto. And they still pushed it seven. Maybe that's disrespectful. And I'll be willing to admit that depending on the way things end up. But, Go here. You know, we kind of, but we talked about that sometimes. Like, how come you allowed X, Y, and Z to happen? And that Celtics-Raptors series had no business going seven games. And yet it did. And I think about Boston's closing ability, and I do worry a little bit. I've told you this a number of times. Jason Tatum, hmm. absolute star, continuing his ascension in this league. But on a game-to-game basis, I think it can be a little inconsistent. I just don't think he's a walking 25 yet, and he probably will be next year. Very unimpressed with how Kemba closed up that series. I thought it would be a little bit better from him. I just right now struggle to trust anybody in the East, whether Toronto would have got there more than the Miami Heat. They've earned that with the way that they've played to this point because they've had every, because the Jimmy Butler right now is the closer in this conference. If it's a tight game in the fourth quarter, and I, you're high, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, because I know you're higher on Boston than I am. But is there anybody you're trusting more in this series than Jimmy Butler if this game is tight with five minutes to go? No is the answer to the question in the way you phrased it. Because you phrased it, is there any one that you trust more sure. than Jimmy Butler? And the answer is no. Okay? I'm with you. However, I believe that the collective of um, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, you know, Jason Tatum. And I will even throw Marcus Smart in there because I'm comfortable if I see Marcus Smart shooting a corner three with two and a half minutes left to play. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean, Kev? So is there any one I trust more? No. But what I what they have in those guys makes me trust Boston in the clutch, if that makes sense to you, right? And the only other More thing I'll say Miami in response to or early, still trust them. Um, I think so. Like, fair. So I guess the way I would say it is Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah. Any of them individually, the power of them all together raises it up to almost even to me. Almost even. I think then it's about splitting hairs. The one other thing I'll say with the beginning of your point, Kev. Um, You're right the way we feel about Toronto. However, I do believe that it was a harder challenge to get through Toronto than it was to get through Milwaukee. So even though it did take that, right? And even though Miami does look great, I actually think they had the easier task in the last round.
We talked about yeah, how and that stuff. We knew how that balanced. Yeah, and Toronto I mean, look, showed it's a great us matchup, why. But you still had to get the job done. I, I mean, look, and that's again, we said we talk about respect for Toronto, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but we. But, I think I was. I am giving more respect to Toronto in that kind of playoff tightness. You're right. The OG Ananobi shot. Yeah, you know, crazy. The double overtime, right? Random. Yeah, but still, there's something in there. I think it is harder to close out Toronto than it ever would have been to close out Milwaukee, personally. And reasonable people can disagree. So let's look at yeah. the year. Who is still standing, though, Kev? What, let's not talk about Milwaukee. Let's not talk about Toronto. Boston and Miami are in the <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be exciting. Talk to me about the matchup. What are you excited to see? How do you think it plays out? How do they match up against each other? I, I think this is another point, though. The Heat haven't played in a week. So yeah. it's tough to tell, like, what that. What do we want to pull away from that? That, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, though, I think they might have had a week layoff in between the Miami series because they wrapped up Indiana. And, yeah, they actually had an exact one-week okay. layoff. Right, because they now, swept them, yeah. Here's how, here's how that game played out. The Bucks win the first quarter by 11. And then the Heat end up winning the game by 11. So keep that in mind. Now, the the Celtics have had a little bit of a layoff as well because, mm-hmm. you know, they've kind of been pushing back the start of the East, hoping it would line up with the start of the West. The fraudulent Clippers uh, didn't allow them to sync it up perfectly, but uh, it's still close enough for them. And that right there might make this an in-game type of game. I, like, I think where so, too. If the Celtics... Can jump out on them. and the Celtics played some pretty good first quarters as well. I would I would say to you in that series. So you know, and again, as much as I'm you know talking up the mm-hmm. but Miami side of things, I think minus one ten money line. By the way, how about that first quarter money line? Straight pick them. No lean from yeah. the FanDuel sportsbook. I, I think that you could argue the Celtics in the first quarter is a reasonable play. That's interesting, Kev, because I want to not push back on it at all. I like this, right? I believe you're right. This idea of the rest disparity creates an opportunity early on, okay? I agree with you on that, Kev. I just don't know which way, right? Because we can make that data say, I think both ways, different things. I'll give you examples. Remember, say, Denver, LA, game one, right? Was it the hot team that's rolling or the team that was coming back with rest? I'm thinking about game one of like, Portland and the Lakers, where the Portland was like the hot team that was running in and the Lakers, could they flip the switch? I think we've seen this scenario with rest disparity, right, a few times, and I think it has played out both ways before, right? So what I will say is I agree with you that, yeah, this kind of does create an opportunity, right, for um, the narrative, let's say, of, ah, Miami's rested, right, but also they could be out of sync, You know what I mean? So is it which one do you think it is for early in the game when you talk about first quarter totals or first half sides, you know, because I can see Boston being like, hey, we're hitting the ground running or this idea of, wow, they're tired because they got through a physical gauntlet with Toronto. Yeah, I think, though, you know, kind of again, so Miami got caught by the Bucs with that week off. The Lakers Mm -hmm. were caught by the Blazers. The Lakers were caught by the Rockets. That Nuggets Clippers game was tied. The Clippers were not caught. Quarter. Okay. Well, no, the game was tied though, and then and then and then they then they completely blew them out of the water. They would have covered a first half okay. spread, Denver. They they wouldn't have so, won the okay. quarter. They covered a first half so, spread. So what about early on then here for the first half tonight? 
Yeah, that's why I think you would want to lean towards Boston in the first quarter if you're going to look to okay. play in that market. I will also make this point, though, and it's a little bit of you know sitting on both sides of the fence, but the Miami Heat and that coaching staff and those players are aware of that, that they let that slip in game number one, right? right? So the, it's not like the Heat, who are the underdogs in this series, are going to, you know, come out and be like, you know, laissez-faire about how they approach this game. It's just a matter of, is that rhythm there to start? And I would say at a pick'em price, you've seen enough of a sample size to justify the play. If the Celtics at any point, I would say, are laying more than seven and a half, it would be a good time to jump in on the Miami Heat. Fair enough. You talk about getting into that rhythm, right, with Miami, who hasn't played because they're, you know, eight and one in the playoffs and dispatching people. Part of that rhythm, I want to draw your attention to two prop bets that I'd like to get your thoughts on in the made threes market, Kev, for these Miami Heat, okay? Duncan Robinson, two and a half. Tyler Hero, two and a half. Very different juice on both of them, right? You could get the over on Duncan Robinson at minus money. The over on Tyler Hero is plus 148. Do either of these sharpshooters hit the ground in rhythm? I think Duncan Robinson is absolutely worth a very strong look because Duncan Robinson was someone that you could tell the Milwaukee Bucks prioritized greatly. And they did it effectively to the point and that then hero worth, popped off. Right. But it's worth wondering, will Boston treat him with that same level of importance? Could you get a steal in game one on one of the best three-point shooters in the entire league? Interesting. So, you know, style makes fight. And we will see how Boston plays defense, which may dictate some of where Miami will go in response. Great point. We will see after game one. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We turn our attention to Major League Baseball when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Right here on to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin and Kev, we got to talk Major League Baseball. I've got to make this point here. The regular season, Kev. Ends in 12 days, <laughs> okay? We've got 12 days to discuss this, and that means we are in the final playoff push, Kev. So when you look at the standings, some places they are getting tight, and it is important because we got like a week and a half left, all right? So I want to look at some of the standings. I want to look at some of the divisions, and I want to talk about some of the teams and games that are going to be really important for this final stretch, and I got to tell you something, let's start in the American League Central. I remember a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. Kev, remember when we were still looking at division prices, right? And it was like, ah, the Twins are the, are the favorites in this division. They could wind up in second place. They are third place. They are now in second place. The White Sox at 
31 and 16, Kev, are now, you know, have the most wins in the American League. They would be the one seed right now. And I find it interesting because, Kev, we got a series that is very important. The Minnesota Twins are in Chicago to take on the White Sox. The White Sox got to win 3-1 yesterday. But this is a huge series. Talk to me about what you see in this one and the impact on, you know, some of the seeding. in what is a tight AL Central race. Yeah, it absolutely is. Two games separate these teams. Minus 200 to win the division are the Chicago White Sox here. Them, I think, being home for this series has really beefed up that number as they're expecting this team to go out there and perform. Dan Dunning's been all right for this team, uh, and I think that that very well could continue. Look, the White Sox have been playing great baseball of late. And this is not a team that I'm looking to get in front of, especially the Twins who are on the heels of a sweep of Cleveland. It always felt like they were going to have to come back to earth. I just want to make sure that I make this overarching point about the American League, though, as you talk about seeding. Based on perception, right, or based on the market, I could call the New York Yankees the best team in the American League. And based on the way the Cleveland Indians have been talked about, I could call them the most feared team for postseason matchups in the American League. And as of so right let's look now, at the pennant odds. <laughs> but as of right now, those two teams yeah. are the rewards for the first and second best records in the American League. Mm. That is interesting. And remember, oh. I've been talking about it all the time, right? Yeah. What happens when your reward is a three-game set, and in game one, you're seeing Bieber or Cole? Not the best reward for an entire season of effort. But remember, and 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 you've made this point, Kev. I think it's safe to say at this point that we know the eight participants in the American League playoffs, right? No? You don't think so? You're still a little bit worried They're, at the bottom of this? You know, listen, the Astros are up a game and a half. That team is 23 and 24. Like, that team is not playing good baseball. I Listen. It's going to be tough for anybody to convince anybody that they're not going to be able to close the deal here as they're playing the Rangers right now. Yeah, they got the Rangers. The Rangers, though, are home to the Giants. But here's all I'm saying to you, okay? And you know this. If this was the Yankees, we're still like, listen, scary hours, worry, worry, worry. The Astros like, whatever, get this team out of here. Like, this team is a game and a half up on the Mariners. Yeah. It's so funny, though, when the Yankees were like a game up on the Orioles, you're like, eh, it's fine. And I will say this with the, with the Yankees real quick, Kev. They do expect this week, and we heard it in the news mm-hmm. update, for the return of Gio Urshela, the return of Aaron Judge, the return of Mike Stanton. So that idea that the Calvary is coming is there. I do want to get to another division because it's more than just the AL Central, Kev. We got to look also, I think, at a couple of divisions in the National League, Kev. And you know we've had this adopted team. You talk about the White Sox playing as the hottest team in baseball. The only team that I can make an argument to disagree with you would be the San Diego Fathers, Kev. You know how much we've been on this. They are hot as all get out, 9-1 and one in their last 10. And don't look now, Kev. You know how I always like to say objects in your rearview mirror are closer than they appear? Well, that advice needs to be told to the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. Denilson Lament 
outdueled Clayton Kershaw last night in a 7-2 victory for the San Diego Padres. And they are now only a game and a half back of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they're playing each other in a series right now. This is very high stakes out there in the NLS. The Dodgers are minus 700 to win the NL West with the Padres out there at plus 360. Today, if they get a win here, they'll be a half game back with the final game of this series being Chris Paddock versus Dustin May. With all of that being said, I like the Dodgers today. I still think this is going to be the Dodgers' division to win. I think that the Padres are going to struggle to win their ninth game in a row, and more importantly, their second game in a row against the L.A. Dodgers. Minus 130 for that team does not come around very often. And you're going to take it. You're going to take it. The one thing I will say, because you said it was Paddock on the Hill, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about Paddock and now Clevenger. But, again, look, Zach Davies and Denilson Lament are also, like, doing a lot more than just rounding out that pitching oh, rotation yeah, yeah. lament was incredible yesterday and so i'm just saying like these padres whether they're there as the nl west division champs or not or as one of these second place teams they're gonna mm-hmm. be a problem in the playoffs and I, let me ask you this um nl mvp market um i still think it's fernando tatis jr i know you've been talking about moogie Betts a lot has that kind of changed for you at all as the padres continue to kind of stay hot and as this story it's almost like the the dodgers they're not like forgotten about but they're just meeting expectations right um and they are so deep i know you've talked about Mm -hmm. bets when i've talked about tatis how do you feel about that market at this point yeah so uh, again we've kind of talked about this uh mookie bets leads the nl in war with a 2.8 tatis leads with a two uh is right behind him with a 2.3 now, you've made the point to me as a counter, right? Yeah, but the Dodgers have 500 players. Tatis is tied with Manny Machado for a 2.3 war. Go through that Padres lineup. They have had player after player after player step up. Ultimately, though, Fernando Tatis has a 2.3 war. And I know war is not everything for people, but here is why Tatis is going to win this award, right? He has a 2.4 offensive war. We know this. We know this. People care about more the offense than defense. So mm. I expect Tatis to win the award, even if I okay. still hold that I would vote for Mookie Betts. And that is fair. I understand the distinction. And thank you for making it, Kevin. Um, there's another team I think we really have to talk about. And we really have to keep a focused eye on for the rest of the season, which, by the way, is only 12 days, Kev. And it's the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. They split a doubleheader with Milwaukee yeah. yesterday. The word doubleheader is going to be a lot. As we put up the standings in this NL Central, you see it right now, right? Cubs, 12 games remaining. Reds, 11 games remaining, Kev. Cardinals, remember what I said? In 12 days, they have 18 games in 12 days. They played a doubleheader yesterday. This team is going to be live in the National League playoff race, Kev. And they got to play 18 games in 12 days. How the hell is this going to happen in terms of starting pitchers, in terms of bullpen, in terms of Yadi Molina catching doubleheaders, right? Like, and it would be one thing if it's funny, oh, it's this team that's in the bottom of the cellar or whatever. 
The playoffs are on the line for this team, Kev. What does it mean yeah. to you? They start, you know, Milwaukee again in the division. Double headers aplenty. 18 games in 12 days. Yeah, no, look, it, it is it is an impossible stretch. When we talked about this last time, I told you I thought it was an excellent point that you made about how difficult it will be for this team to find arms. They're not going to be, I mean, you know, of these 18 games, how many times will they be able to throw out there their ideal postseason starting lineup. You know, not 18, I'll tell you that. Less than half, I get, yeah. Right? So (laughs) those things are all difficult. What will be interesting to me is how much can they pull the teams that are remaining on their schedule kind of into their waters, where they're kind of forcing their hand, right? Because they've got a doubleheader coming up with the Brewers again. They've got a doubleheader with the Pirates in that series. Like they've got they've actually got two more doubleheaders with the Brewers to where can they find a little bit of balance because they're forcing these other teams to have to play two on the same day. Because otherwise, this is going to be as tall of a task as any team has had to climb. Yeah, it's it's rough. And because they are so behind the eight ball, I am now rooting for the St. Louis Cardinals to make it happen. They stand at 500 right now. And as we know, we've been talking about it all season long, right, Kev? That to be if you're 500 in the National League, that may be good enough to get in. The Cardinals, however, remember, are the second place team. In that division at 500. So they kind of get entry as the second place team. And I wonder if Major League Baseball would do that. You know what I mean, Kev? I wonder if Major League Baseball would say, listen, the Cardinals will not have to play all 18. And by winning percentage, they'll be locked into a second place finish. Thus eligible for the playoffs like you know what if they don't play them all because i don't actually think they have them all on the schedule just yet kev and you remember it was like oh if they couldn't it's just winning percentage and if the playoffs are on the line if they were the third place team it would be but all second place teams do in fact qualify for the playoffs i ask you that because right now Mm. the third place team in the nl east is another 500 team the philadelphia phillies this was a team when we last kind of checked in on this division the phillies were hot the phillies were getting better the phillies were in second place well the miami marlins have leapfrogged them right and they are now in second place so miami would qualify as the second place team they are three games over 500 and the phillies who sit at 500 they start a series now with the new york metropolitans will they be able to get on the good foot this week against the mets you know, it's, it's very, very interesting as you look at this National League race here. Far more interesting than the American League race, um, where, yes, the Cardinals could hold one of those two spots, but the Reds are not all that far back of them. And it is, Fair. you know, we have to make this point, because I agree with you. I, I, I feel bad for them, and I'd rather them win their games. But this could also be a disaster, and they could yeah. lose these games. And the Reds, yeah. by doing nothing other than not messing it up, and jump this yeah. team as they sit there a game and a half back, right. having played 49 games on the season. So that's another really interesting point here. You talk about the Marlins and the Phillies, and I just also want to bring this into the fold here. It's just still kind of this overarching conversation. The one thing yeah. that you liked at the beginning of the year in the NL East, and I don't bring this up to slight you, I bring it up to actually say that you were right. They sit there still almost near 30% to make this final postseason spot despite being all of the way down and i think part of the reason is that team sits there 
with a plus four run differential, which is better Mm -hmm. than the Marlins and the Phillies in run differential. The Mets' schedule is not super favorable to close out the year, but if this team can piece it together at all, they only sit two games back of the Giants right now who hold that coveted eight seed, and they only sit two and a half back right now of the Philadelphia Phillies who hold one of those spots, who hold that seven seed. Yeah, right now, to me, it looks like the Giants are in the last playoff spot, and the Mets are two games back of them. You talk about their run differential, and that is above kind of net zero. Uh, the Brewers can't say the same. They're above them. The Rockies can't say the same. They're above them. The Reds can't say the same, right? So it is condensed, right? And we've only got a little bit left to go. And so, Kev, with it still being so condensed, literally, a series win here or there can completely flip this. We need to pay attention to this i know the baseball uh the basketball playoffs are going on everyone loves the nfl but this is gonna move a lot throughout the last week and a half that's all we have left oh and by the way when we come back i got something else to talk about those new york mets and we'll do that when we come back to close out this version of the early line sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com hey welcome back in everybody right here on to the early line dane and kevin wrapping up this edition and i hope you have all the information you need to make some good plays today kev let's end on this we brought up the mets because you know they were playing the phillies and we were looking at the division and things like that the mets have been sold all right and so we do need to report that uh billionaire gary cohen uh steve cohen is buying the mets and here's what i want to tell you about this you know i was talking to some of my friends we're here in new york right and um you know cohen apparently negotiated the sale instead of like 2.6 billion to be 2.5 billion. And it's so funny, like it looks kind of the same. You know what I mean? So you're thinking like, ah, did he really negotiate anything? Ah. But when you think about it, it's a hundred million dollars, Kevin. That's the difference in the price with that back and forth that they did. But as we know, you know, the Wilpon family is no longer there. This will happen to Cohen. And, you know, a lot of Mets fans are happy about this because they think his deep pockets are going to try to run this like a big market franchise. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what's the worst that happens, right? I mean, if that's what, that's got to be the mindset there if you're a Mets fan. What's where he doesn't spend? Not different. There's incompetence throughout the organization. Not different. It can only go up. It can only go up. So I think the optim. I mean, it is. This is the ha- and this I don't think is an overstatement. It's the happiest the Mets have been since they made the world. It really is. It really is. Mets fans. Mets fans are coming out of the woodwork because they have new ownership. Like they think they have a chance, and that's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 completely breathing life into that team. I just want to make a point on something somewhat unrelated, and I apologize. But we were just talking during the break about the variance of this baseball season and you're yeah. like who would have thought the white Sox would be the one seed right and then i went now oh they have the best record in the american league i did not know that that was a thing at all like when you i thought you meant the one seed in the central so i no. yeah no that's <laughs> crazy that's and I'm, right? look it's not really a take it's not a point i just want to make this like wow i cannot yeah. believe that that team right now has the best record in the american league that is just yeah, I hear you, Kevin. 
Kev, and I'll go even further. The best three records in the American League are the Chicago White Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, and Oakland Athletics, right? I'll, I'll go even further for you. With a week and a half left to play, the Miami Marlins are three games over 500. You know what I mean? These are things yeah. that can happen. I'll wrap it up. The morning after is up next. Kev, can we get to a place where we're negotiating something and like $100 million back and forth is just like back and forth ideas? Be nice. Let's get to that, brother, man. It That'd would be nice. Be nice. Have a great day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow here on the other early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.